Hey guys, if you want to watch full-length videos of our podcast instead of just listening, go to classongrassmedia.com, scroll down to the podcast section of our homepage, and click on the Patreon button. This will bring you to our Patreon where you can become a Hassani for $7.50 a month. That's classongrassmedia.com where you scroll down to the podcast section of the homepage, click on Patreon, and become a Hassani for $7.50 a month. Welcome back after a long time to the Class on Graphs podcast, season two, episode 13. Indeed, it has been so long, almost, if not an actual month that we've been out, but we've used our time away positively and productively, Mm -hmm. at least, I hope. We've really grown outside. Well, I mean, the whole brand itself has increased by about five times, which is good. Yeah. You know, popularity increase. And, um, And yeah, we've... If you if this is the first time you're listening since we kind of took a break, uh, we are now a whole media brand. So we do news stories as well as the weekly podcast with our team of writers. So without further ado, we've got a lot to talk about. Yes, we have <laughs> missed out on a lot. <laughs> there is a lot to talk about. We're not going to go all the way back in the whole month, but you know, getting right back into things. Awards happened very recently. Yes. The FIFA the Pro. FIFA Pro, UEFA Awards, and just like FIFA Awards, whatever, yeah. you know? So all of them. And first off, a well-deserving top player who didn't get the Ballon d'Or, but he did get it from the fans, yeah. who made him one. <laughs> did you see that? Yeah, I did. Yeah, no, they, they actually made him like a, a fake Ballon d'Or. Um, That's great. I mean, I don't understand why they didn't, didn't they just done it. it. They like, should have done it. He was clearly the winner. If as... you're wondering who we're talking about, it's Robert Lewandowski. Yes. And... Clearly a winner. Yeah. Of And what he got was the FIFA Pro Men's uh, Player of the Year, the UEFA Player of the Year, and the Best FIFA Men's Player. So, and he got, obviously, in the FIFA Pro World 11, which yeah. would make sense if you're the best player in the world. Which I kind of, so I was watching the live stream on YouTube during my, I believe, engineering final. Yeah. I had it on another tab, and... I was watching when they announced the World Eleven, which is the best starting eleven that they vote on. They had Allison in net. Yep. While and then, Neuer won best goalkeeper, yep. Golden Glove. Yeah. I was very confused. It doesn't make that. sense. And then I I agree with the rest of the team. I believe it was Trent, Van Dyke, Ramos, Ramos, Davies. Davies well deserved. He's only oh my god nineteen. I wish he was American, dude. I wish he oh was American god. so bad. So oh, Serginho Dest, John Brooks, Davies. I mean, Anthony Robertson, who yeah. fills that role well. Oh yeah, he's he's been great. Quite good. He's yeah. quite good. Um, speaking of the U- the young U.S. players, both Tim Way and Musa scoring. Yes. Recently, as well as Weston McKennie in the Champions League. Uh, Ottawasi, how you, however you say it. Yeah, and uh, he, yeah, he got a assist. He racked up an assist in the. What game was it again? Um, Wolves against Chelsea. I yeah. So that's really good to see. I mean, so many young Americans popping up yeah. all throughout Europe. Matthew Hoppy's another one who I actually saw play in person when I uh, went down and trained with the Barca Academy Arizona. He was with the, the U18 team, and he scored yeah. like 60 goals in a 30-game season and then went to Schalk and has worked his way up from there. But so many young Americans popping up on the scene right now, which is really good. I mean, do you think it's a time right now where we have more young Americans than we ever have? Yes. I, I've i seen um, on social media, like, when Champions League was kind of finishing up their group stages, 
um, and moving on to the round of 16, it was like, I, I saw a crazy stat. I'm not going to get it right, but it was like the U.S. has more like caps or more players in the Champions League right now than Mexico has in the past like five years or something. It was like an insane stat. And to think <laughs> all of them are like under 23 years old. Mm-hmm. Which and is they're just like, what can, can you count Conrad De La Fuente in that group? Because they did. He, I think he did make an appearance. Because I, like, there's so many young Americans right now that are just barely breaking through. But you yeah. can't consider them like full blown starters no. at all. You, we've got we've got our guys Pulisic, Weston McKenney. By the way, Weston McKenney, very very well deserved U.S. Player of the Year. Yeah. Mostly because I think uh, Pulisic was injured a lot this year. Didn't get a ton of time. Yeah, and even. Then he really, uh, he wasn't producing a lot for Chelsea. He was making a lot of chances from what I've watched of Chelsea, but he's not, you know, McKenney is definitely doing better at his position. Yeah, that's the thing. McKenney's not supposed to produce like that. McKenney is doing his job really well, which is why Juventus are looking to extend his loan or get the option to buy in January for 23 million. Yeah. So, I mean, that could be big for them, especially because, I mean, Juventus, that, if, if we think, Back we've got like Clint Dempsey, and and Bradley played for Roma. I don't know if that's the same level. Yeah, I think Dempsey definitely. Well, Donovan played for Everton. It's still not the same level. Yeah, I think Dempsey was like the most successful. Tim yeah. Howard oh, as yeah. well. Oh yeah. Ha- no, I think I think Tim Howard was the most successful American so far in Europe. Yeah. Because of the length of his career and the league he played in. Still, though, Weston McKennie is playing on Juventus, and he's a starter most oh, of the yeah. time, which is the best that any American has done so far. Scoring at Camp Nou against Barcelona, an incredible oh, volley. Oh, my goodness. Uh, assisting left and right. I mean, him and Ronaldo are, have, like, a bromance going on. They do. Like, they do. <laughs> I mean, he's just at the peak of his career right now. Who, Ronaldo or Weston McKennie? Because sometimes I don't know with Ronaldo. He is. He can. Ronaldo's consistently scoring now. I I don't understand it. I mean, I, ever, I thought he was going to decline, but it, his stats don't say. I really like Juventus right now. Their yeah. team. I mm-hmm. mean, McKenny. Their defense needs work. Yeah, but even Delict is good. Um, and then they just have like random kind of like Outside younger guys. Italian or mm-hmm. European players that you don't really know of, but they still all work together. Great. Yeah. Murata is actually playing very well. He is. Them. It's really weird. So, I mean, do you see them maybe going long in the Champions League? I always see them going long in the Champions League. I don't think you can say they won't. The question is, Who are they, 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 uh, they going to make it all the way? Yeah. Right now, Bayern's better. Yeah. I think 100% Bayern's better. Maybe PSG is better, but that's only because of the front two. Like I watched one of PSG's games against, I think it was Man United, and they they aren't good. PSG aren't good, but when they have Neymar and Mbappe, they can just run the whole field. Yeah, you don't need. You, you, they literally just sit back, and then once they get an opportunity, those two. There was one time in the Champions League game that I was watching. It was like three weeks ago, where PSG were just sitting. Or PSG were just sitting back, and and they win the ball, and then Neymar and Mbappe connect like. Four one twos down the entire field, and then I think it was Maguire. Someone made a last ditch tackle to save it, but it just shows how fast I can get down the field. But I don't, I don't really see them those two having like that great chemistry together yeah. as I did with like MSN. Messi and 
Neymar. That whole MSN. I feel like they don't like each other that much. No. I feel like they're playing because, you know, as athletes, you want to win. Yeah. But I don't feel like, I don't see them, like, hugging and, like, celebrating together as MSN did every That's single fair. goal. It's fair. But the other thing is I don't think I watch enough. That's true. League One to know. I'm I'm not in the loop enough about... The only time I ever watch PSG is in the Champions League. Yeah. That's the only time. So, you never know. I mean... They uh, Neymar is currently out injured. He just received an ankle injury, which uh, is pretty big because the last match that they played, I believe, was against uh, what's the how do you pronounce it? I know you speak some French. Lorient, Laurent. Yeah, I don't. You don't know, but they they missed that. They still won two 0 I believe. But they play uh, Lille in a few days, I believe. Maybe top maybe of the table. Who are top of the table with only one defeat this year. Uh, in regards to uh, PSG's four defeats. Yeah. But, so And recently, uh, Timothy Weah has broken into kind of a super sub position. I think he got subbed on, got a crucial <laughs> equalizing assist a couple weeks ago. Last week, scored an amazing volley outside the box to kind of ice the game, I think, 2-0, um, yeah. to secure that first place spot at the end of the week. Um, I mean... That Lille team is very good. And that what I remember it was uh, two years ago or a year and a half ago when Pepe left, mm. and I was like, "Ooh, they're they're yeah. done, they're done." Yeah. But Jonathan Bamba, really, really good player. Yeah, I've seen some of his highlights for them over there. He's looking good. Solid team overall, well coached. I wonder if they could they could go far and and maybe within the next few years build up a team good enough to compete well in the Champions League. The only problem is. They don't have the big fan base or money, so they're just going to sell the players like Juve yeah. did a couple years ago. And it, it's always, I mean, I kind of think of it as uh, Lille and PSG as Leipzig and Bayern. Yep. Leipzig are always around there. They maybe are top of the table for a good chunk of the season, and then Bayern just like, they just don't lose. So yeah. it's so hard to keep up with that one slip up and, and you've lost it. Overall the the like the top clubs in Europe it it rarely changes when you have those top 5 or 6 teams they will always have so much money oh yeah that they're going to be up there the teams that are like underdogs and and they make it really far one season all their players are going to be bought up by the big teams yeah even if it's a coaching masterclass yeah they're all going to be bought up and then they're not going to be as good anymore so or the coach is going to leave cuz that's what uh, coaches you know generally they they don't stay as long because there there isn't like transfers it's just you get sacked you know no yeah that's true and it's always like oh you got third place one year and yeah. then you got eighth place mm -hmm. and it's like well the big teams they have a higher standard so we should have a higher standard yeah let's sack that coach even though he still did pretty well yeah bring in a worse coach and they don't do it as well again and it just it doesn't really work it's, like Well, that. it's all what the fans want. And yeah. when you have fans, like, it, for, for example, if Brighton somehow pulled off an absolute worldie <laughs> and didn't get relegated and on top of that qualified for the Europa League. And then next yeah. year with Graham Potter, we came in 10th, which is better than we've ever done in the Premier yeah. League, except for if we were to get Europa League year in the past. Potter would still get sacked. Yeah. Completely. And, I mean, but then you think... Uh, Obviously, I'm biased, but after the 9-0 defeat for Southampton, yeah. we stuck with Hassan Hoodle. We saw He's that, unreal. We saw that kind of like how he plays the game or how he coaches the game, and now we're fifth or fourth 
and consistently. Did you see, did you see that West Brom sacked their manager? Yes, yeah, after Bilic is gone. after a, after a draw. <laughs> draw against who was it? Was it Man City? It was Man City. Yeah, it was Man City. That's away. what I was gonna say. Away draw at Man City. Oh yeah, he's not good enough. But, he's pulled off of. I mean, he's not been good this season. No. Don't get me wrong, but that seems like a really weird time to sack your coach. I think it was one of those where it was like, okay, no matter what happens, <clears throat> unless you win like six zero against Man City, you're gonna get sacked. And maybe he then told that to the team. He's like, all right, this is the last game. I'm coaching you guys to, like, go out there. Mm-hmm. Do you think it was something like that, or do you think it was, like... I didn't. No, I didn't oh, think... Oh, I drew. Maybe I can turn this around, and then you get fired. Um, It's hard to tell what I was thinking after the game. I was like, given how well his players performed, there there was something behind that. Yeah. You know... That's true. It, he probably told them, you guys have to save my job. Yeah. <laughs> and they wanted to, and they probably thought they did. Yeah. But... In the end, the the owners have much more power over anyone else but for it, what happens. Yeah, it is kind of weird, though, because Chris Wilder, still without a win, he got a draw today against Brighton. But, um, yeah, yeah, we don't still really, we don't need to. Two points <laughs> and still not sack, no wins out of however many games. But that's just based on reputation of last season when they're like top eight the whole season until the end. And yeah, and then with Fulham, Scott Parker, they're doing better. They're getting better results. Yeah, I still. I. It's so, either Brighton or Fulham. Yeah, it's either one of us. Burnley had like two games. Sheffield. In hand. Sheffield is destined to get relegated. Yeah, they they are. Well, I don't know what has happened. And the commentators for some of the games I've been watching are like, well, it doesn't seem like Wilder has lost the dressing room, which means like yeah. He hasn't, like, the players stopped playing for him, which I see that kind of true. They don't seem that, like, just, like, they don't care or they just want to get the manager out of there. They just don't have any ideas, like, anything, like, playing with, like, they played Southampton and I don't think they had more than, like, five touches in our half, even. Yeah, they they don't look good. Um, That's for sure. I think Southampton... Even with just losing 1-0 to City, which isn't that bad, no. given how good City are, even though they're not putting in performances that the fans or the board likes, Pep still has a renewed contract for some reason. And <laughs> Ever since the contract, City yeah, has not been very good. It's weird, but it's not a bad result for Southampton, given the circumstances. I think they can get a Europa League spot. Brighton, I think, are going to get relegated, and if we don't, it's a miracle. It's going to be very close. I mean, Brighton and Fulham, I think, is Burnley have two games in hand. I think they'll easily maybe... I mean, it looked like they had a really bad start, and now they're starting to be that consistent Burnley team that get draws the whole time. Or yeah. Like a, a weird win. They had a poor start, though. Yeah. Poor start. It, it is between the, them three. I'd it's say. going to be really close, I think. But, you know... That is kind of what it is every year. On the other side of the table, uh, who do you think? I know Klopp won uh, Manager of the Year for the FIFA Awards in the FIFA World Eleven, but who do you think's better out of the Mourinho Klopp discussion right now? Because one could argue that Klopp's doing better due to his injuries and 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 problems on on the team sheet, 
not having Van Dyke, who is a phenomenal player, as Jose Mourinho stated. But then also, as Jose Mourinho stated, he said, I I could find uh, like 11 players in my club that have been injured. And then he started naming U16 kids mm. that are out with an injury, <laughs> which I don't think is necessarily... <laughs> I don't think it's necessarily the same. Yeah. But what do you think? I mean, Jose Mourinho has done, done bits for Tottenham. I think about the mood change from before the Liverpool-Tottenham game to after. Completely different from the football fan base that I've been watching on social media. Before, it was like, oh, Mourinho's a serial winner. He wins everywhere he goes. This is... But he didn't win United. This is what... Well, he won the Europa League. That's true, but like... They're like, you know, this is what Tottenham needed. He was... He's going to get the job done. They're playing great, Kane, Son. And then after they lost, it's, oh, Park's the bus. There's nothing. They only had, like, 17. But that's just Tottenham fans, isn't it? It's like the the Arsenal fan base. It's like the The Arsenal fan base. But even not from Tottenham fans, just, like, just absolutely changing, switching up on Tottenham. Like, first it was, oh, they're just playing great. You know, this is... This is how you win in the Premier League, even if it's not pretty. And then after that loss to Liverpool, it's just like... Well, do you think that Jose Mourinho's comment to Jurgen Klopp after the game affected his reputation among the fans? If you guys don't know, he he went up to Jurgen Klopp and he said the better team lost when he had like eight less shots and 30% possession. Yeah. I don't know if that goes. You can't do that, especially when Jurgen Klopp's sitting at top of the table after that game. I don't know. I think I'm kind of I've never really liked Liverpool that much. I, I like them, but I like Tottenham more this year. Yeah. I I I used to like Klopp. I do not really at all anymore. He he for, like that freak out with the news reporter in one of the interviews after like yeah. the Brighton game or something. He you know, was going after the news reporter and like Chris Wilder and like calling out players just like uncalled for and then you know he he won the best player of the year for fifa instead of coach instead of flick who yeah yeah best iron yeah um and i don't understand Byron won every trophy Byron won the treble Byron they won the treble they got the bundesliga they got the uh dfb pokal yeah, and they got the, the Champions Super League Cup or something. I did they did they complete a, a quadruple? I think they got like four or five trophies. That's ridiculous. He Klopp, Klopp is a good manager. Don't get me wrong, but Hansi Flick has come onto the scene and he is the best coach in the world. Yes, I I don't think Bayern were the best team. If you're the best team, you have the best coach. Not necessarily, but when you win five trophies, yeah, no, totally. I don't even. I, Byron's team is arguably less talented than Man City or Liverpool. Yeah, totally. Well, the, less less depth, I think. Yeah, totally. I I don't I don't think there's anything that you can say to, to say they have more. Man City and Liverpool, and and even if if you can think that they have more, they've spent less money on a oh, huge margin. Totally. Their their recruitment is insane. I mean, so much better. At, I I can't even think of it, but like a lot of those players were kind of those young. Bundesliga players from other teams uh, in the league that they just pick up and then just make superstars. Yeah, it, it's ridiculous. Um, Dor- Dortmund does, does it all right. 
don't get me wrong, but Bayern's un- unbelievable. And they they had a slump of a few a few years. They were still winning the league, but they didn't do much in the champs or anything like no, that. Oh, yeah, that's true. They did have a slump, and I think that was after uh, Robin and Ribery left their prime. Mm-hmm. But they've clearly gotten it back with so much rejuvenated young talent. Thomas Muller's playing great. Lewandowski's always been playing great. Alfonso Davies is good. They've got Nicholas Sewell. They're playing Alaba center back, who's really doing well. He used to play outside back. As soon as Davies came in, they moved him to center back, and he's doing well. Well, Kimmich and Thiago got in the World Eleven for the FIFA World Thiago Alcantara, well. yeah. Yeah, which... yeah. I mean, he he went to Liverpool, but he, I mean, he's he, he's overhyped at Liverpool. Completely. <laughs> yeah, he's played about twenty minutes, yeah. and they're saying he's the best midfielder in the league, but. I mean, you just see, I don't think, I mean, last year there was all Liverpool players. There still are three Liverpool players in the World Eleven, But now you see um, Neuer, Kimmich, Lewandowski, and Thiago all in the Well, it's extremely biased to who wins the Champions League. Yeah, but still. I mean, you see see the FIFA team of the year for for, uh, the video game and and the World Eleven when Real Madrid was winning. And it was all Real Madrid players. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I mean, it. it's always going to be like that. Whoever wins the Champions League gets it, and then there's a few trademark players who just will yeah. always stay in. It has changed from, like, Barcelona-Real Madrid team yeah. to Bayern-Liverpool team. Yep. O- overall, I think last year it was it was Liverpool-Ajax. City. No, it was Liverpool-Ajax-Real Madrid. Because Ajax went. Yeah, that's true. Frankie de Jong was in it, and I think De Ligt was in it. Mm-hmm. So... You know, it's it's really just whoever performs all that year. What, something that's interesting to me is is I was thinking about it. De Jong got in the the World Eleven and was so hyped, and he's just not talked about anymore. But I don't think his skill changed. I mean, well, he's not a player that you're like, oh, he's doing so good right no, now. No, but he he was when he was at Ajax because Ajax were doing an incredible run so that's it's just like these awards are always so related to what team you're on if you're on a good team you have so uh, so much better chance one player though who is on a good team but not one of the best who deserves their award one hundred thousand percent like over the moon is erling holland oh yeah unbelievable he got the golden boy yeah 2020 which is so well deserved he um one thing i was going to ask you is we were just talking about how Bayern developed the best players in the world. Did Dortmund even develop Holland, or is he just destined to be good? Well, he started at Leipzig or uh, uh, Salzburg. Salzburg, scoring five goals a game or something. Yeah, gets that transfer, picks it up right where he left off. Yeah, everyone thought he was gonna be, like he was gonna be good at Salzburg and then not as good that, at Dortmund, and he's he's just a robot. Incredible. He's a robot, and his, you know, his. Uh, his figure, like he's insanely big and fast, built, and he's fast. It's like a gazelle, and he's got touch as well, and he can finish. And it's just like it's it's unbelievable. And I can't think of another I would, young player that's or any any if you, I think Erling Holland deserves the robot award. <laughs> he, I mean, he's just unbelievable. I I don't understand how he is so good, and it's going to really like make me disappointed if he flops because he has potential to be the best player in the world when he's older i think he could potentially flop if he doesn't leave dortmund 
which is something I could see happening. Dorian. Kind of like, Sancho's not leaving. Sancho could leave. Well, if Sancho's Sancho goes to all of his hype as well. if, if Sancho goes to United, Sancho will fully fall off the face of the earth because I don't think United's really? here. I don't think United's very good at developing players. I think Sancho needs to find a place. In I, I think Sancho needs to go back to City, or he needs to go to Liverpool, or he needs to go to La Liga, to Real Madrid or Barca. If he goes to City, they'll need to sell Bernardo's, Bernardo Silva. But Bernardo's, what does Bernardo Silva bring to that City side? Nothing. He's good. Like, at any other team, he brings a lot. But right now, with how many players they have, Sterling, Mares, Aguero, yeah. Gabriel Jesus, Phil Foden, They need De to Bruyne. get rid of half of their attacking it's ridiculous they, they just get rid of like some of your attackers i mean they could bring in sancho but like what's... honestly for that for their aspect get rid of your attackers and bring in Ru- ruben uh is it ruben diaz yeah yeah ruben diaz is not i, I don't get me wrong he's good but he's not going to carry that back line him and laporte look like a good laporte's injured half the year. yeah look like a good center back partnership but then when they play, they just don't really play well. Walker always has a penalty in him yeah. to give away. Mendy or Jao Cancelo is always not... Can't even decide between the two yeah. of them. They're, neither of them are very good. No. Like, they're, they're good. Attacking, they're, they're good. good. Defensively, they're I don't not. think... I th- City just have attacking defenders. Yeah. Even their center backs are like, would rather play... I mean, I, I watch City and Ruben Diaz just takes it up 20 yards if he has space. Yeah. So, I mean, that's not a bad tactic. Pep Guardiola, that's always been what he teaches, but it's definitely not working right now. No, I think, but it is interesting that he's changed his kind of game plan, it looks like, from before a couple seasons ago, being like, all right, let's put five past this yeah. team, to let's get one, make sure there's nothing else happens, and then if we get the chances, we'll yeah. score more, but... Like, well, do you think that that's his game plan, or do you think overall they're just not good enough to get more past the other team? Well, looking at the Southampton game against City, City did have multiple chances to put the game away, and they just completely whiffed it, or just kind of... Well, that's Yeah, that's because I don't think that they are clinical in front of goal. I think old Sterling might be coming back. Sterling's never been clinical. Well, he was the past two years. I think he just got a bunch of chances. That's he just, true. He would miss two and then score the next one. Yeah. Like, but he just got so many chances. That he was, that yeah, team. that's true. That's true. But also when you're playing Southampton, I think it's one of the only sides in the Premier League similar to Everton who are now in second place. Yeah. Unless the, the standings have changed no, from I today's matches, is which is crazy. But both those teams, Everton and Southampton, can hit you on the counter really hard. Yeah. Danny Ings is clinical. He needs a chance, and it's it's a goal. And same with DCL or Richarlison, and you've got James, Allen. That Everton side's really good. But they kind of fell off after that really good start to the season. They did. Well, you can't but say they fell back. off. You can't say they fell off. They did fall off, like, about a month or two ago. They had that patch where it was, like, loss, draw, win, loss. The only teams, the only teams who haven't fell off right now are Liverpool and Spurs. But I think one of them are destined to, because Jose Mourinho is going to lose his cool, and Liverpool have half their squad out. Yeah. I mean, not their starters. I mean, they still have Allison, Trent, They Matt got Tip. their team back besides Van Dyke. Yeah. But, I mean, Van, they just Van Dyke, but no, but, but Van Dyke's half their squad. <laughs> That's true. Their he defense is. just does not look the same, even though they just won 
It's Crystal Palace. The thing is, when you win by that much, it's really hard for the other team to even get an opportunity to score because you have the ball so much yeah. in their half. All right, that that's what that I mean. We have a lot more we could talk about, but we have to move on to the MLS, which had a lot happening over uh, like about a week ago when the MLS playoffs mm-hmm. were happening, and and our loons unfortunately went out to Heartbreak, Seattle. But you know, Minnesota. It, it was two 0 in the seventy fourth minute, and it ended three two. We didn't hear a Balotelli Aguero scream from the announcer. <laughs> But it was a very similar ending to the game. Yeah. And, but you kind of, there's many things wrong with it. I've kind of moved past it as it was a couple weeks ago. But, I mean, you do have to look at it and say, we did not deserve to win that game. No, we didn't. We didn't look good. When you're up 2-0 with 15 minutes left, regardless if you deserve it or not, you need to be at least drawing that game. At, no, 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 no. If there's 15 minutes left, you need to win that game. You have a two-goal cushion. That, and there's no way you should be losing it in normal time. Yeah, that's, that's make, ridiculous. And the second lucky. and third goal were both off of corners. Yeah. That's that's not acceptable. I mean, the only person who was willing to speak after the game was Ethan Finley, and he said, "I'm the one thing that I need to make sure is that our fans don't say... That's awesome that we got to the semifinals. Yeah. Because that's the problem with Minnesota sports, mm-hmm. is that our fans and supporters and the board will be like, that's great, we got to the semifinals. Like, we should have won. We should have at least gotten to the finals, and if not won the MLS Cup, we yeah. had a great squad. Reynoso looks unbelievable. I don't think our front three or four will ever play that good together again. Well, Molino's gone, which is sad, but we were going to have to pay too much for him. Yeah. and But I don't... They were playing just out of this world like great combinations making passes Reynoso is in the middle of that but Molina was scoring every chance he got which he never did but I don't think we'll have that again unless we sign a good striker in the offseason yeah um which is necessary but I don't think we will because we're Minnesota United yeah uh Columbus won which is good to see I'm glad Seattle didn't win Columbus completely deserved yeah and we have Paul Strom, one of our journalists who uh, who works for Class on Grass Media as a writer, who wrote an article about how the MLS is biased, who we're going to call in in a minute. Yeah, and you can look at, look at that article um, on our website, uh, and which is linked in the Instagram as well. Uh, but yeah, he just talks about how in the past, especially on media posts and the commentators in general, are always biased towards those big teams like Seattle or Portland or LA, which coming from an expansion team, uh, for us, you know, we kind of see that every game that we're on national television, uh, it just gets really old and it's getting more and more obvious as you watch more and more games on the, yeah, like Fox or ESPN. I agree. Well, we have Paul on now. Paul, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me on. Yeah, no problem. So, like Mac was just explaining, you have a article up on Class on Grass Media about the MLS overall, their favoritism towards the bigger teams like Seattle, who were in that uh, semifinal against us. Can you uh, tell us a little bit about that article? Oh, yeah, definitely. So, basically, what I was saying is that, specifically with Alexi Lawless being on Fox, like, there's just, like, a favoritism towards Seattle, and they, like, it felt like they thought the game was about Seattle and, like, 
covered it from a Seattle perspective rather than coming at it from a neutral perspective and covering both sides equally. Yeah, I mean, that we see that a lot unless we're on our Minnesota channel watching the game. We see that a ton because Minnesota United isn't looked at in a positive way. Like you said in your article, Alexi Laws, since the MLS joined in 2017, uh, overall has been really negative towards Minnesota United. And also, you had some tweets in the uh, in the actual post itself. Could you tell us about that a little bit? Yeah, it was essentially, basically, the MLS Twitter admin, uh, during the game, they tweeted updates, and they said, like, like Minnesota United took the lead, as both of you know. They said, they said we're, like, one nil down now, instead of saying, like, loons take the lead or something like that. So, essentially, it was just coming at it from a Seattle perspective once again, and it's something you would more expect to see from like seattle's twitter admin rather than the mls well that that's just not acceptable i don't know what you think mac but i mean i saw it in the mls's back tournament um as well as the playoffs were any team that's not like the big teams like seattle la um lafc you know yeah sporting kansas city portland portland if you're not those teams you are labeled as the underdog by the commentators every single time, no matter if you're even higher seated than them. Yeah, it doesn't matter. And the the worst part is the MLS is the most unpredictable league that you can possibly be in. Like, you don't know who's going to win the MLS Cup every year. It's not possible to know because things change so much and it's players and teams are so inconsistent. Like, LA Galaxy weren't good this year on any margins. So... And another thing, I think, I feel like Columbus Crew sometimes get put as, like, the underdog, sort of like how Minnesota United do, or a team like Real Salt Lake does, but they went and won MLS Cup this year, and they've, they've had a lot of good seasons recently. Yeah, and, and they have a good team. They have, I don't personally like him a ton, but Jossie Zardes is a great player in the MLS, mm-hmm. you know? They, they've got Zella Ryan, I believe that's how yeah. you pronounce it. He was unbelievable. So... It's kind of like Reynoso, who we brought in. Great player. Oh, yeah. And, Paul, do you think we're going to be able to keep Reynoso? I think at least for this next season, I can't see him leaving this this uh, break. But maybe it depends on how good he plays. I think one thing he needs to add is like more goals to his game. He's very creative, but I think he only scored like two goals for us. But he's definitely a player that steps up for us in big moments. And I think it's going to be difficult for us to keep hold of him if he keeps that high high level yeah, yeah, I agree. He he definitely um he'll he'll be a very good asset to Minnesota United this next season. But do you think the the loss of Kevin Molino because they had an incredible connection between each other to get a lot of Reynoso's assists? Do you think that loss is going to really affect Reynoso's abilities, or do you think he's going to start linking up with Amaria? Um, and if we bring in a better striker. It's certainly going to depend on who we bring in to replace Kevin Molino because, but I also feel like we've we still got Robin Lewis there who had a good season this season. He did. We've still got Amaria started the season well, then had a lot of injury problems, and there's still somebody like like an Ethan Finley who has performed for us, but is a bit hot and cold. Yeah, he is, and he's a Minnesota boy, so they're going to keep him on the team for as long as he wants. He's a great leader as well. Yeah, great leader. Uh, like we said, only one who would speak after the MLS semifinal game, and. And yeah, we, we do have good players. Who do you think, what level of player do you think we need to bring in? Do you think we're going to look towards South America, Liga MX, places like that? Or do you think we're going to look towards a European 
second division kind of guy or if we're going to just look within the league? I think a lot of the players we brought in have been from like South American teams or like Central American teams like we brought in right now. So we brought in Chacon. It didn't work out so much as of yet, but we have gone to those areas. I could definitely see us looking there again. Yeah, especially in that uh, in that uh, Argentinian league or or the Brazilian area. Um, I think that uh, that those le- well, they're incredible for developing talent. Oh, completely. Yeah. Yeah. They got some very exciting young players coming from those leagues as well. They do. They do. They 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 have great talent. The the problem is. MLS doesn't get first first pick. I mean, we brought Reynoso and he's 25 right now. If he was any anything like what he performed in the MLS this season when he was 20 or 19 with Boca Juniors, I guarantee you he'd be at somewhere like Real Madrid. You know what I mean? Definitely. Because he has the he has the skill and if he was performing like that when he was young, they'd be like, "Oh, we can bring this guy in like a Vinicius or someone like that who's performing really well, and we can we can shape him and mold him." The problem is, I don't think he has enough time anymore, which is probably why he came to the MLS. Minnesota United, I don't specifically know why. It's it's not necessarily a desirable place, other than maybe the the contract that we gave him. And I I just think we're like an up and coming team at MLS. Like we get we get better every season. Yeah, we do definitely. Um, so. That that wraps up the MLS portion, but we for the fans to know you're an Arsenal fan, um, yes. wh- <laughs> which is unfortunate. Yeah, it's, it's not fun to be an Arsenal fan in 2020. Um, and and you guys haven't done the best this season. Let's just say that. But uh, what are what are your thoughts on where you guys are going to finish this season? Uh, well, we have to look at reality here. It's we're in a relegation battle at this point. <laughs> <laughs> Arsenal, you're in a relegation battle as like a joke, but like now it's not a joke anymore. If Brighton won this morning, we would have been 16th. <laughs> I think we're only like like three or points off the relegation zone. We have to we have to be aiming for that 40 point mark. <laughs> it's it's it's, it's, yeah. it's true though. Like the the amount that you're it is should should Arteta leave? Yeah, is it Arteta? I think well, you do have to look at him. There's a, there's a lot of questionable things that he's done like i don't understand why willian gets 90 minutes in the game yesterday i don't understand why he's starting somebody like inketia who hasn't really performed for us that much but at the same time these same group of players have failed under wenger failed under emery and also failed under freddie jungberg when he was uh, the interim manager but i do think i do think we probably are going to need somebody else in there some a more experienced manager like an allegri or even like a pochettino but I just don't know if we have the pull factor right now. That's the thing. I was going to say, what world-class experienced manager wants to walk into your club right now? The one option that I think might be a little bit more realistic would be Rafa Benitez. Yeah, I could see that. I mean, you guys, I could see you guys doing all right and, and scraping maybe eighth or ninth. Well, besides the performances that are just really like under par it's also like the weird theme is red cards and just reckless like reckless actions plays. you know Xhaka choking out one of the Burnley players or uh Gabrielle having two yellow cards in space like 10 minutes against Southampton or uh Ceballos having a really bad tackle that wasn't called as a red but you know it's borderline red card against Everton 
and like other you have like i think seven red cards a season i mean what do you think that's from the manager's like mentality or do you think players are just kind of you know trying to do too much maybe well the thing with that is there's some players who i see like getting red cards and having a lack of discipline that don't really seem like those types of players like nicholas pepe got sent off against Leeds. that he's not a player that normally would act like that i think it has to come from a discipline point but like it has to be a lack of discipline at that club also it's not just on the pitch you see stuff like in training like sabias and katia got in a bit of a scrap at one point in training it's just there's a lot of, there's definitely something going on off the pitch that we don't know about that's causing problems. Well, I mean, even your, I'm fairly certain this story is true, and Patrice Evra's <laughs> a, amazing for leaking it out, but even your older, really, like, hallmark players at the club that have done so much, and, and Thierry Henry said, I don't want to watch the Arsenal game if Jacques is captaining my club. Yeah, that's that says a lot, definitely. Also, even with, like, Rob Holding being captain yesterday. We've gone from players like Patrick Vieira and Tony Adams being captain to players like Brennan Jack and Rob Holding. That's just kind of sums up our decline. I mean, if, if Brighton were to play you right now, it would be an even matchup. Oh, definitely. Which is is sad because I think Arsenal... I I still consider them in the big six just because of their name. So I... I although... I would, I'm sorry, Paul, but I would think it would be quite hilarious if they ended up in the championship next season. Well, uh, I, I, <laughs> even the discussion that we're having because of how much money that's been spent on that team and just yeah. the, the global brand that we are, but it's just, it's just such a sad decline to see. Um, don't worry, Brighton is going to make it out in the playoffs and, and Arsenal is going to win the championship next season. So we'll both be right back up. It'll be fine. Um, but yeah, I mean that, that whole brand, they have so much of a following and AFTV is a great media source. So just yeah, <laughs> fantastic. So I'm really hoping that they can, they can get back to where they once were. Didn't, uh, didn't Jose Mourinho after the game say that Arteta and his club are not only good but they are good enough to get back this season to a Europa League spot well I think if you look at the players we've got like those players okay they may not be good enough to play for Arsenal but they're definitely they're not there are not 14 teams in the league that have better players than Arsenal we have to be with that group of players there should be minimum like challenging for the top six no I totally agree and where did you guys finish last year again eighth like that's not even acceptable yeah, that's not good enough either. But we did win an FA Cup. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And well, you you had an unbelievable keeper during that spell, thanks to Neil Mape. But now he's gone uh, to to Aston Villa. Martinez. Yeah. But yeah, I think I like what Leno, to be honest. You, you like Leno more? I do like Leno more. I, I Leno's more experienced. The thing with Martinez is that we only saw him over like eight games, and with Leno, he like there were so many games under Leno where we conceded like over twenty shots a game. I remember early in the season we had like a two-two draw with Watford, and Watford had like twenty-three shots on us, which is just something that not should be happening, should not be happening at Arsenal. Yeah, I agree. 
Well, uh, that pretty much sums up today's podcast. Do you have anything else to add, Mac? No, I don't think so. Thank you for coming on. Thanks so much, Paul, for uh, for coming on to the podcast. Uh, we will try to get you on again and hopefully uh, talk about any future news articles that you write. Guys, if you want to go see Paul's article, or we have one other up there right now because our whole news and media site's kind of new, um, or any future articles, just go to classongrassmedia.com to see those. And uh, other than that, we will see you next week. All right. Yeah. Wait, next time we can be talking about Arsenal in a more positive light. Yeah, I definitely agree. <laughs> all right. We all do. <laughs> See you guys. Peace.